0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ramblers, let's get rambling.
0: Everybody and welcome to another episode of Ramble with Russell, episode five hundred and four of my podcast, the Home Intelligent Rambling, right here on the TalkShoe Network. I'm your host, Russell. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show again. Uh, I know it's it's been a couple of weeks, and as I said in a while back, I, I kind of have to space these shows out at least for the time being. Just there's too much on my plate right now, and I can't guarantee to give you a regular show every. Week, but I'm gonna try at least every two weeks, and maybe eventually we'll get back to a weekly show. But for now, this is what we're gonna do, cause that's what I can do. On this week's show, we have some very, we have, we have mostly an animated run on on today. We're gonna start things off uh, with a movie that's it's not just your ordinary meat and potatoes. Oh no, we're gonna 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 start things off, gonna cleanse the palate, if you will. With Sausage Party on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment, uh, directed by Seth Rogen, where food takes on a whole new level of meaning. Then we're going to cleanse our palate from that show and move to Paz France for season two of Outlander on DVD, courtesy of Sony Home Entertainment, where the Frasers try to stop the Battle of Culloden. Then we go from battling Scots and Brits to to a animated the uh, uh, Battle of the Soccer Field, if you will, for a brand new anime release courtesy of Anchor Bay Home Entertainment. It is Underdogs, where toys come to life in a very. Athletic-y sort of way. Then we go from animated toys to animated fish with the sequel to the much-beloved Finding Nemo. It's Finding Dory on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Walt Disney Home Entertainment. That's all on this episode of Ramble with Russell. Before we start the show today, there is one thing I wanted to bring up, and one thing I want to try with you, my Ramblers. Now, I've been doing this show for 10-plus years. i moved around. A lot of things changed. But one of the things I've always kind of counted on is having a loyal audience. The audience has changed, but you guys are out there. I see the downloads all the time. I know you're out there. And there's one thing I want to try. You know, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've done 500 plus episodes. I've been working my butt off. And one of the things I find a little annoying is I don't get a lot of feedback. I don't hear from you. I don't see comments, Whatever. What I want to do is I want to try something revolutionary. I want to try something that nobody's tried before. Maybe I haven't. I don't know. I want to try something to test you, my listeners. I want you to go onto Twitter, and I want you to ha- I want to make something trend on Twitter. I've never done this before. I want you to to, to hashtag joinTheRamble. And I want you to do that. And then I want you to, in that within that twit, the tweet, put hashtag join the ramble, say something nice about the show, and then put a link in that tweet to my homepage on You. I want to see how many people do that. I want to test you, listeners out there. I'm asking you to do one thing for me. I don't ask for a lot, but I want to gauge my audience. I want you, after 10 years of doing this show... To give me some motivation to keep doing this. Uh, to, to show me that you're out there and I want you to do that. I want you to tell your friends to do that. I want to see what kind of grassroots, swell response I can get from this idea. I will start the ball rolling on my Twitter with, with my own little post just to kind of show you what I'm kind of thinking of and and then then from there i want to see that grow i want to see that start to trend on twitter i just that hashtag join the ramble uh, and and just this is kind of my hail mary this is this is kind of my i i'm i just want to see what's out there i i don't ask a lot for you my listeners i, I really don't but i i really need this i need I need this kind of boost uh, to to keep going cuz just life is just making things really tricky uh lately and 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 I need this kind of support. Um I'm not asking you to do this every week. Uh I you know, uh, I'm not trying to be greedy, but 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 if I get the response I'm hoping to get if 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 this increases my awareness in, in the Podsphere universe and increases my impressions and uh, makes people more aware of what I've been slaving away at for the last 10 years, uh, then, then what I've been doing for 10 years has been worth it. Uh, and, and, you know, grading free videos and products is great. And I, I love being a voice, I, uh, but, but I, I just want a little feedback. So, that's my request uh i i will i will put this out now i will give you all an update on it by the next show whether it's a week from now or two weeks from now um but i i just want to throw that out there i uh, i'm not asking much um so please um do this for me uh, that's all i ask so i'm gonna take a quick little musical interlude right up with the first review of the show First animated Blu-ray movie review for this episode is Sausage Party, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment. Now, I'm going to start off by saying that I saw the trailer to this movie a while back, and I thought, "What?" I, 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 I literally had a what the the a WTF moment uh, when I, I saw this trailer, and I thought, "Really." This is, is is this is being made. What this movie is is this is a animated an R-rated animated movie. Now you're saying to yourself, "Russ, well, hey, that's kind of inventive, you know. That's kind of new in this world land of PG and kind of G movies. Maybe something different isn't so bad." But the the trailer I saw for this was saw for this was like oh, it was slightly disturbing. I'm going to say this In in this movie, it revolves around, um, you know, food that comes to life. We've seen toys, we've seen cars, we've seen playing, we've seen talking fish. We've seen all kinds of animated things come to life, but never really toys if you don't count the Veggie Squad. This is kind of like an R-rated Veggie Squad. What would happen if they took the little cute little, you know, Veggie Squad people and then made them really are rated. And and this is right off the bat, the F bomb is dropped all over the place. So, yeah, this is not a movie <laughs> to be watching with kids. Uh the plot revolves around the the, the food that are in the store. And 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 the, the sexual innuendos are plenty, trust me. They don't they don't roll, you know, they don't hide with this now. This is done by Seth Rogen, and if you know his work people are calling him the new Adam Sandler and he he kind of is really just bigger and burlier uh so the the plot revolves around the store and and the, the the food in this store are 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 on the, the kind of delusion that that once they leave the store and go to the great beyond that all life will be good they have no idea that they're just getting taken away to be eaten so so, that's kind of the premise of this. Now, what's weird about this movie is the person who has scored this movie is Alan Menken. And you're saying to yourself, where have I heard that name before? This is the same guy who's done work for Disney as Beauty and the Beast, as Little Mermaid. Uh, so, this is, you know, <laughs> so the, the song has that the kind of quality to it, but the lyrics are so, so the, the food is under the impression, you know, that they 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 get taken by humans, the great beyond, and life is all good, where we know it's not really. And and the main story revolves around two food if you will a hot dog and a bun. They really should call this hot dog party. So, so you, you you have a, the the main kind of hero hot dog, and I, I find it weird even saying that is. Is is the the, the voice of um, Barry, played by Michael Cera, and and uh, well he he's he's one of the the main the main voices in this. the the, the voices in this are, are are done by a lot of the friends of Seth Rogen. We have Kristen Wiig, Jonah Hill, Bill Hader, Michael Cera, James Franco, all these kind of guys. at Danny McBride. Paul Rudd, all these kind of guys that have worked with Seth Rogen before. Seth Rogen's voice, of course, is the main character because that's him, uh, and and he he is in love with a bun, if you will. <laughs> so so during this story, they they get knocked out of their package, and then they discover the real truth behind what happens to to food when it leaves the store. Uh, this is probably, and you know, and years ago I watched Fritz the Cat, uh, if you want to put a reference there, it's probably one of the most R-rated cartoons I have ever seen. And the thing about it is it's a movie that, that really tries to be funny. You know, it, it, it but, but I, and honestly guys, I, I didn't find myself laughing too much in this. It was more like, oh. now don't get me wrong. If you're if you like Seth Rogen and you like his kind of schoolyard frat house kind of humor, then you will think this is the funniest blue 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 bloop, bloop you have ever seen. Uh me? Eh, maybe I'm maybe i getting old, but I I just didn't find this all that funny. In a lot of ways, I found it kind of disturbing. Uh, because there's one scene where, where, where like food gets eaten and, and, and there's also a rape scene. I'm, I'm not joking about these things and I wish I was. And in the end, there is literally a food orgy. Yeah. I'm not joking about this. And there's a character in this who's a douche, literally a douche as in a female product, who is kind of your main villain. And and I don't know. It's just... It's, it's a very disturbing movie. So so you have that, and then you have Alan Mencken music going into it. The, the, the story is there. Uh, the, the other voices that kind of surprise me in this movie are Edward Norton, Academy Award winning Edward Norton, and Selma Hayek. And I'm thinking, you two could... Do better, you've you. Uh, why? I can understand some of the other people doing this movie, but but why? You two have been in some major releases, some good, really movies. Why are you in this one? Um, so that kind of surprised me in a way. Uh, for extras, I, I have to admit, uh, Sony is always good for extras. For Blu-ray exclusives, because you do get Blu-ray exclusives, you get a. Good food, gag reel, uh, shock and awe. How did we get this made? That in itself is worth watching because because you watch this and you go, how the heck did he pull this off? Um, if he wasn't as famous as he was, he probably wouldn't have. Uh, and a Uh The other extras that you would probably get on a DVD are the booth. This is a bunch of um, segments, and then show them doing the voice recording. Uh The Great Beyond, The Pitch, and Seth Rogen's animation imaginatorium, which is him kind of making fun at Disney in a way. You watch it, you know your old school Disney, you'll get that. Uh, overall, um if you're easily offended, if you're easily grossed out and, and you and this is not a movie to watch when you're eating, I'm I'm gonna tell you that. Then you know, but but if if you like that kind of lowbrow kind of <laughs> humor, then yeah, check this movie out. It is quoted by and and you know I love reading quotes, Ramblers. I do. Is quoted by Ross A. Lincoln from Deadline. dot com as a filthy masterpiece. Well, I'll agree with one part of that statement. Um, yeah, it's it's I uh, I hope. I hope this is a one-off and this isn't a trend in animation. Call me old-fashioned, call me old-school, but but can we just have, like, good animation and good story without kind of jumping way over the edge? And and this movie kind of does that. So if it's your cup of tea, go, but just be forewarned. um, This is kind of a movie I was glad I kind of saw on a smaller and not a bigger screen. A bigger screen, I don't know if I could have sat through it. Uh, I I don't know. And 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 if you know me ramblers, I rarely if ever walk out of a movie. When I pay my money to see a film, I am in there like Flynn and I usually stick to it to the end. This would have been challenge. So that is my and and then I will agree with the line there's no preparing for this because I thought I was prepared and clearly clearly I was not. Uh, so that is my take of Sausage Party on Blu-ray, Blu-ray Digital Pack, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment.
2: When I wake up, how you know I'm gonna be? I'm gonna be the man that wakes up next to you. And when I go out, when you know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man that's going along with you. And if I can drunk. I know I'm going to be I'm going to be the man that gets drunk next to you And if I heave up I know I'm going to be I'm going to be the man that's living to you Yes, but I would want 500 You know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man Let's go along.
0: on DVD Review for this episode is Outlander Season 2, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment. Now, this time around, the the second season is all in one set. One of the things that annoyed me about Season 1 is they wanted to split it up into two different sets. Well, this time, Ramblers, yes, you get the whole caboodle in one fair shot. Now, uh, the story, of course, takes place not too long after Season 1, where Jamie and Claire must flee Scotland, uh, and and so they, they head off to Paris to try to turn the tide and stop the Battle of Culloden from happening. This is another one of these shows where I have to say, for sure, if you haven't seen the first season, you, you are going to be like, what's going on? And they don't do it previously on, so you're going to be a little bit lost, other than knowing that there's a, a kind of a time travel element to this sort of thing. So, so the first half of this thirteen-episode season takes place in France, and, it, and it's it's and this is this second season is kind of like Dragonfly and Amber, uh, the the whole novel in a season of the show. So, Book Two of the Outlander series. So, Jamie and Claire go to uh, flee to France to try to stop the the Battle of Culloden. So, the first half of the season is that, and it's really cool. I like what they did. Now, of course, in the previous season, you had that. First season, you had that great theme song by Bear McCrary. Uh, and I think even sung by the the main actress. I could be wrong. Um, and and so that comes back in season two. But what they do while they're in France, the first half of the theme song is in English, and the second is in French. And I thought that's really cool the way they did that. They do that for for the first half of of season two. And and don't worry, all you Scott. Loving people. They will eventually go back to Scotland, so you're thinking to yourself, Hey, I invested all these Scottish characters in one and now they're gone. So so that's a bit of an adjustment, but but they take heart, the second half of the season they go back to Scotland uh because they feel the well they some things happen during the second season that allows them to return to Scotland again. So we get back to the Clan Mackenzie and the Clan Fraser and all that other fun stuff. Uh, now, when it comes to Outlander, I have a bit of an advantage here. I, I have read a good chunk of the books in this series already. already. So I kind of went into this season knowing what should happen. Unlike The Walking Dead, where I have not read any of the comic books, I've heard things, but I've deliberately stayed away from The Walking Dead comic books because I want to watch that show and be surprised by stuff. And, and I've succeeded for the most part. Whereas, Outlander, I've re- There's seven books in this series. I've read Lee stepped maybe book three, four, maybe. It's been such a long time, so I kind of know where the plot was going. And I I gotta give credit to the producers of this and Ronald D. Moore. They start the show uh, in a very interesting way, whereas the the reader of the series will go, oh, oh, we're starting here. Your casual TV viewer would be going, what, what, what. We, 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 she's there and then and and that really kind of plays in the season where we're kind of playing the season in reverse we're playing, kind of catch it where the the first episode starts at this point and then as the season goes on we kind of see the events that led up to where the season started and it kind of bookends that in a way we do get introduced to a major character in the lives of claire and jamie um, that happens in in this novel. I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't watched this, but the, the character they introduced, she's not how I pictured her to be. I pictured uh, a different character in my mind, especially hair wise. So, like I say, I was a little disappointed. We don't get much of her in this season. There'll be, I'm sure, more to come if this sees if the show progresses uh, according to uh, if it goes by the books and long term characters. Our long-term readers of the Diana Gabaldon novels will know who I'm talking about. I'm hoping this character will have a bigger role probably in season three, and very definitely if this show sees a season four. So that was kind of there. They, they did do a really good job aging Claire in, in this season. Something happens to age her considerably. I don't want to give stuff away, so I won't tell you what it is but but it it's very interesting also um kudos to the actors in this one there are quite a few scenes where they really impress me like like Katrina Balfi she is just who plays Claire is is amazing her there's there's a few scenes where she just really you can feel her acting. Sam Hugan, as Jamie is great as well. Uh, Jamie is still recovering from the events that happened to him in the first season where they had that scene with, with Blackjack, which to me is still one of the hardest things I've ever had to watch on television. It really, it really is. So he's still recovering from that. They're trying to reconnect again. So we have that. Um you have great performances by Murtok as well and and of course Tobias Menzies as both Jack Randall and Frank Randall. Uh and in 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 the show he really does he, the two characters could not be more diametrically opposed. The costumes are terrific uh because they go to France for the first half of this season we get uh, introduced to a whack of new characters. I mean just an amazing slew of new characters uh, on the show. And that that really is kind of fun to see them kind of change the settings on that. We also get introduced to a a very young actor who, who should, his character, I'm curious to see where they go with him in season three. His character will definitely be played by a different actor, but I'll be curious to see how that transition goes. Good, 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 um... Good acting though on, on on the on the dub, uh, Fergus, and and I'm I'm and I think he he kind of reminds me of Carl from Walking Dead, where he have this child actor, who who really has potential to do more, and we get a taste of that, in this season. As usual, this show is filled with amazing moments. There, there's another kind of awkward scene, much like in season one, involving Fergus. And Jack Randall. I don't want to say any more than that. If you know Jack Randall, you know how he is. It w- which was still kind of disturbing to watch. This show is its a very interesting dichotomy where we have, you know, uh, the, there's stuff that's really compelling and there's stuff you're just like, oh, that's
1: really nasty. Uh,
0: overall, uh, the, the season ends on a very interesting note. It, it is very true to the novel. So all you fans of the novel, it ends the way the novel ends. Uh, People who haven't read the novel will be going, oh, they'll be so hungry for season three. Uh, It's going to be a very interesting start to season three because I I know from reading the novels what happens. And I'm really curious to see how this plays out with Claire and Jamie and a few other characters when that season commences. Uh, There's some really interesting developments in that I'm looking forward to seeing. Also, again, top marks to Sony if this time for me can miss a complete season, not breaking it up. Now, this is the DVD version of the release, so I can tell you the special features I did get. You do get deleted and extended scenes with introductions by Ronald D. Moore, which are always fun. A gag reel from book to screen, discovering the differences. This is a great little feature. Where they talk about, okay, we, 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 we try to adapt as much from the novel as possible. We try to bring in key scenes but we literally can't do it exactly the way because it would just be too difficult. And we get the characters of season two. This is a great featurette where, where, where we go through each of the new characters. You see some of the actors talk about the new characters In a nice glossary uh, of that. Overall, uh, a fun season. I, this show is so easy to binge watch. It's not funny. Uh, it, it's a great adaptation. The actors are terrific. Uh, another fun quote, for this remains as sweeping and addictive as ever by Tim Gold, Goldman of The Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, I will concur with that quote. It it really is that. Just keep in mind, there's a lot of things, as in season one, where it can get really harsh and some things are hard to watch. We got we got we have attempted rape. We have rape scenes in this show. and And unlike Sausage Party it wasn't done for a cheap laugh. This is, it's done for an impact. It's done very powerfully. We also learn that Jack Randall, Black Jack Randall has a brother and this ties a lot in. So a lot, tons of new characters in this second season, but it was nice to go back to Scotland. I'm glad because that really is the heart of the show. Overall, fun to watch. Uh, I'm going to say for sure, if you haven't watched the first season, definitely watch that before you watch the second there really is no previously on in this one there's no really way of saying okay here's a like a 2 minute summary of what happened the first season we don't have that and there's a lot happened between these characters that that really you have a better impact if you've seen the first season overall uh, a fun season unfortunately ramblers it does not return to stars to 2017 that is a long wait uh but I, I am really looking forward to it. this may be a show, much like The Walking Dead. I may I may um I may uh watch the first episode when it comes out uh in next year, g- before it hits video, just because 'cause I'm curious to see how it plays out. Just like it was with Walking Dead. Now, as the Walking Dead, I may only watch the first and wait till the rest comes in video. But uh it, it definitely has my curiosity to see how that plays out and how true to the novel it will be so that is my take of season two of outlander on the dvd courtesy of the great folks at sony home entertainment
3: sometimes it feels like a windowless room you can't get out and you can't see through the dark and the walls pressing on you till you curled up in a corner I wanna show you to the light I wanna tell you it's alright let me be your wrecking ball tonight and I'll break through the wall Sometimes you feel like a prisoner here, doing hard time till you disappear. The doubt and the shame whisper in your ears. You feel like you're forgotten. I wanna show you to the light. I wanna tell you. Ball tonight, and I'll break through the walls. It's so hard when you're so weak to stand up upon your feet, but you try to reach for me, and I promise I won't. The sun on your face Till you're walking out of this place If you stumble and I I will embrace You before you fall I wanna show you to the light I wanna tell you it's alright Let me be your wrecking ball tonight And I'll break through the walls I wanna show you to the light I wanna tell you it's alright Let me be your wrecking ball tonight And I'll...
0: Breakthrough the walls. My DVD animated movie review for this episode is Underdogs, courtesy of Anchor Bay Home Entertainment. Now, this is a a soccer movie with 3D animation. The star of this movie is Jake, um, who is a, you know, a young, kind of really good at playing foosball. Now, of course, people who don't know what foosball is, it's kind of like um f- uh table hockey but with soccer people. So so he's really good at it. And one day he he, he beats he beats the um and that's played by Matthew Morrison. He he beats a, a local kid, uh, uh Ace, played by Nicholas Holt, to a foosball game. He likes to schools the kid. And then years later, Ace comes back, like seven years later uh, as a successful football slash soccer player, and and he has to and, and, and as revenge, he takes over the town and and is being a really big bully. So so and this is where things get weird. Uh, so at the same time, Jake loses uh, his uh, well, he thinks he loses his, his girl Laura, who who's about to go away to college to this guy Ace and then he cries and then his tears fall on his foosball table and somehow which they don't really explain the, the 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 figures on the table come to life and they try to help Jake save the day from the man who wants to turn the whole town into his stadium or his is like own neverland ranch for revenge so that's kind of the premise of this now, from what I can tell, and maybe I'm wrong, it looks like this movie was originally done uh, and, in Argentina, and was was actually the original voices are Argentinian, but they decided to make a a redub the 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 voice work, and and bring American voices into this. The other notable voices in this are John Leguizamo, and even Mel Brooks and Ariana Grande lend their voices to this movie. It it's an odd Toys to Life thing because it 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 it's trying to be like Toy Story, but it isn't. And and it it, it really is for somebody who really loves soccer. The story is kinda out there and, and now that I know about the Argentina thing, i I can kind of see that the dialogue a lot of times was kinda off. And it must have been matching the trying to match English dialogue with previously recorded lip movements for Argentinian voices. This is how I kind of think it happened, because watching this movie, I'm thinking, a lot of the dialogue sounds kind of weird. Uh, the songs in it are are catchy, but overall, it's just a weird movie. Uh, you have these weird little soccer players. <laughs> And, and it's, I don't know, uh, uh, maybe I, you know, I like soccer. Don't get me wrong guys, but this movie didn't, it, it, it didn't really have the, the heart and warmth of a typical Pixar movie that I really enjoy. And, and it it, it was, it's trying to be a certain type of movie, but I don't know if it's succeeding for me. I kind of thought the lip talking was kind of off and now I kind of understand why, for extras, all you get is in the recording booth with cast members. This is showing the actors doing the voice work. And now that I think of it, it looks like they were trying to sync their English voices with existing footage because I saw that kind of there. So that that always makes things ah, rather awkward in animation. Overall, if you're a soccer fan slash football fan and you're a huge enthusiast, this is the movie for you. Overall, uh... I just I tried to get invested in the characters, but it just really didn't hit it for me the way I wanted to hit it for me. And and uh, it's just one of those ones where I I love the story of an underdog, but but this one I dunno. Didn't speak to me like other ones have. So that is my take of underdogs on a DVD courtesy of the Great Folks at Anchor Bay Home Entertainment you. <laughs> This episode is Finding Dory, courtesy of Walt Disney Home Entertainment. Now, this is the sequel, of course, to Finding Nemo, which came back way in 2003. Now, I I'm kind of critical about movies that get sequels long after the original happened. A lot of times, you know, it's it's a movie studio trying to capture the same magic as the first, but you're seeing yourself, why did you wait so much? to to make another one of these. The the plot is pretty simple. As as with the first movie, it, it's kind of a rescue movie. This time around, Dory is the one that goes out on her home. Dory, the, the fish with a very short-term memory problem. So what they essentially did in this movie is take a character, which was essentially the sidekick character from Nemo, and make her her own character. And this one we... A lot of backstory on Dory. See, her as a little Guppy, which is so cute. And uh, and and it remains that that watching this is is but the only way I can really tolerate Ellen DeGeneres. I don't mind her as a cute little talking fish. It's all right, but but as as a talk show host, I just can't stand her. So so in this one, yeah, it, it, she kind of works as a fish. And no, maybe that means I'll never get on Ellen's show. And hey, Ellen, if you want to prove me wrong, invite me on. Warm me over to your-ness of your person. But I just, I don't know. I prefer you as a fish. Call me on it. Bring me on your show. Call me on it. I dare you. Anyway, getting back to the movie. Uh, the one thing I liked about Nemo, and and uh, most Pixar movies I do find, that there is that nice kind of heartwarming feeling you watch them where you have humor but but you know it it it's not hits you over the head humor and and it's just kind of it gives you the warm fuzzies if you will so in this one dory finally gets a memory of her parents and and goes off to search for them and this causes nemo and marlin marlin once again albert brooks provides the voice of marlin of course nemo this time is a different kid because after 13 years I need to find a new kid. <laughs> so so they got a new kid cast as Nemo. Uh, this is a, a fun movie. It, it it really is telling in, in this that how much the, the 3D animation has changed in 13 years. The water effects in this one look gorgeous. There are times where this is a, just an amazing looking movie. I wish I could have seen this movie in 3D. I think it would have been really interesting. Uh, new characters add to this. We do get some of the old characters, but they're kind of bookend this movie. So you guess you were saying, Hey, where do we get those? That's the way it is. We do get some new characters. One of the notable ones, which according to their extras, almost broke them is the octopus. uh sorry. Septipus, Hank. He's only has seven limbs. A voice by Ed O'Neill. And he is great as a cranky uh, multi-limbed creature. It, it re- He really works and, and apparently, according to Pixar, that eighth limb would have just killed them. So they couldn't do it, but it, he's a very interesting character with, with, with a creature like that. It allows the fish to do things, which normally they couldn't do because they're just fish. Uh, yeah, but it, it's a nice, nice heartwarming tale that there, there's, uh, you also get uh, new to the cast. You also have Bailey, voiced by Ty Burrell, of course, works with that O'Neill in Modern Family, and and you get Destiny, uh, the, the voice by Caitlin Olsen. So you have some great new cast members to this franchise. I don't know where they're going to go if there's ever a third. What is it going to be? Uh, Finding Marlin, or how <laughs> much more they go? because he gets amnesia or something? Uh, but, but that's. That's kind of it, uh, It it and there is also at the end of this movie, and this would have been worth sticking around in theaters for, a nice extra cameo by some Finding Nemo characters right at the end of the film. After the credit roll, that would have been worth sticking to the theater to see, so I encourage you to kind of zip through the credits to that very end. It's very uh, Marvel movie-ish, if you will. Overall, a fun story uh, and and definitely worth checking out if you are a fan of the first Nemo. Do you need to have watched Finding Nemo to understand Finding Dory? No, the movie does a pretty good job of kind of recapping the first movie for all those who haven't seen it and going, okay, here's the movie, this is how the fish get together, this is how they get along, this is their relationship, and we're off to the races. So there you go. For extras, not bad for this release, you, you you get some of your extras are on the first disc, but on the second disc you get a a, a, a Blu-ray just of all extras. So they didn't go skimpy this time. You do get all new mini short because what's a Pixar what's a Pixar movie without a short? This time it is Piper, which is a um uh a, a little sandpiper hatchling and trying to uh, fight the scary waves again. Uh, Pixar does a great job of doing it a little short without any words of dialogue, and and that's really that's really good storytelling. It's very cute. So you have that. That's your 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 Pixar short for the for this movie. You also get marine life interviews. This is a funny one where the the fish in character try to uh, reminisce about uh, Dory. And then you also get animation and acting. This is. The, this is a nice look where the, the voice actors, and I'm, I'm glad to see this is a trend now, where the voice actors talk about doing their roles and how they adapted them, so that's kind of really cute. You get The Octopus nearly broke Pixar. This is a nice feature where they say why they just couldn't do eight limbs on it and the process behind making Hank. Deep in the Kelp, this is... um. This is how far this is production they went, the crew, and I. And always Pixar, they're good at this. They went to make this movie as r- realistic as possible. You also, much with the demo, with the, sorry the Nemo, you get a um, you get a virtual aquarium that you can access on the first disc. That's always kind of fun, and you get deleted scenes as well. So uh, a lot of fun extras with this. Also, at the end of the movie, you get a really cool cover of unforgettable done which is so appropriate for dory uh which would have been worth definitely sticking around the theaters to listen to it was just a nice rendition um in general yeah i i liked this movie it's a fun addition to the finding franchise where they go to a third movie i don't know unless it's finding hank or finding marlin i don't know it's it's interesting, but I I like this little universe, and and it's is, is it kid friendly? Absolutely. Unlike the first movie, where most parents skip past the barracuda scene, uh there aren't too many really too bad scary. There are a few there, but nothing too bad, and nothing worth skipping over the movie for. So for sure. So, that is my take of Disney Pixar's Finding Dory on Blu ray, courtesy of the great folks of Walt Disney Home Entertainment. Well, that's going to conclude things for this episode of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me with a number of ways. You can check me out on Twitter. I'm at Rambling Russ at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me and i tweet you back. I appreciate all the tweets and retweets and favorites I get on Twitter. Very much appreciate it. Of course, you can also check me out on Facebook. Just type in Rambled Russell in the Facebook search engine. You'll find my page there. Keep in mind, any kind of cover art, any of the videos and books that I review, I generally put them up on Twitter and sometimes Facebook. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, check out my Twitter feed. And occasionally, I will throw up a random tweet if I feel like it, you never know what I'm going to tweet on the show. Of course, all new episodes are right here on the Talk Show Network. I'm show 18411. That's my caller ID. Check me out here. All my new episodes from August 2013 right up until today. Of course, all my older episodes going way back to May 2006, up to August 2013, are still on my original website at Libsyn. That's HTTP full colon backslash backslash rambling l i b s y n is in November.com where you can find over eight plus years of podcasting goodness on that site and and yeah also um, that is where you can find me there and of course check me out on itunes and itunes under podcasts all my old episodes are there coming up in a couple of weeks unless i throw in an extra we'll see how time goes but next regular episode at this point will be in two weeks from now I keep making my way through, of course, Game of Thrones Season 6 on Blu-ray, courtesy of HBO Home Entertainment, because winter is coming, both to that show and to here in North America. As well, Season 3 of Black Sails, courtesy of Anchor Bay, and the fourth and final season of House of Lies uh, on DVD, courtesy of Paramount, and the movie War Dogs on Blu-ray, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. That's kind of what I'm working on. Other titles that I may or may not get through in the next couple of weeks or upcoming shows Disney's be the BfG and I don't mean big freaking gun uh, as well season four of Banshee the extras I already talked about the season I'm gonna talk about the extras on that show as well as possible reviews of televega nights the anniversary 10th anniversary edition crouching tiger hidden dragon taxi driver and the nice guys as well. Uh, the the remake of Pete's Dragon, courtesy of Walt Disney Home Entertainment. Uh, Looking, the complete series, The Night Of, courtesy of Anchor Bay, uh, HBO, Army of One, courtesy of Anchor Bay, Turn, Washington Spy, season three. Uh, the movie they're watching, deeper, and even, uh, not courtesy of, you, of Warner Brothers, courtesy of me, I might even give you my review of Batman Return of the Caped Crusaders. That's all coming up future episodes of the show as well. i got a couple of great new encyclopedias from DK, including the DC Comics Encyclopedia, the definitive guide to the character of the DC Universe, all new edition, as well as the third and new edition of the Encyclopedia Sports Entertainment from the WWE and courtesy of DK Publishing. And another uh, kind of gaming programming note i did finally i know you're saying to yourself russ why didn't you do this a year ago i did get my hands on lego dimensions i didn't get this at launch because i didn't have the money um but i did I, I am working through the main story campaign i've got a bunch of characters i can talk about uh but that we have coming episode of the show i just want to finish the main story and then i can give it a proper review uh, of some of the year one stuff And then some of the new year two stuff that just came out. So more video game stuff. We'll return to the show eventually. Just have patience, Ramblers. I'm only one man. And we'll get that stuff out eventually. That's all coming up on future episodes of Ramble with Russell. Well, I hope you all are keeping warm. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the show. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening.